Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. What's up, folks? CB here, another Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by our friends from Vicious Fishing, reminding you to get outside, go fishing, get vicious. Find out more information, get some awesome fishing line at getvicious.com. Good, fun show for you guys tonight. KG's back. We even welcome in an old, old friend of ours to the show later on in the program. And, of course, we're going to welcome in Coop Gallant, your Bassmaster Opens Cherokee Lake champ. Currently seventh in points in the Southerns and in overall angle of the year. Trying to make his run at the Elite Series this year. Just a little bit short last year. Trying to make his run this year. Me, David, KG, and some guy named Jason going to join us right here on the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast coming at you right now. Welcome to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, presented by Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. This week's show is brought to you by Ranger Boats, still building legends one at a time. Now, here is your host, Chris Brown. Welcome in, folks. This week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. I'm Chris Brown, along with social media ninja, Mr. David Jong. Of course, Angler's Channel Insider with the beautiful suntan, the little goatee action, beard action going there, Mr. <laughs> Kenneth Grover. Look at it. Look like well, me, well, only I didn't, mine didn't come from fishing. Mine came mine's from got moving. a lot of gray in it, too. <laughs> yeah, you're, my, I got a little bit of gray in mine, too. My light's a little bright over here, a little hot, so it's uh, you can't quite see mine. But, um, gentlemen, how are you? Well, I'm trying to adapt back to going to work, and I'm not handling it very this well. This whole work thing sucks, don't it? It, it does. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, Del Hollow is, I, I mean, my results didn't show up, but Del Hollow is kind of becoming one of my favorite places to visit. I, I, I mean, it's it's just a special place, man. You, you, and I don't know if you've ever been to Del Hollow, Chris, but if you can imagine Smith Lake right. with, with zero houses on it, zero what? boat docks. Are you kidding me? There are marinas that house the boats, right? But, but the shoreline is pristine. There's no houses. There's no boat houses. It's, wow! It's like going back in time. Wow! No, I've I've driven over Del Hollow once or twice, but I've never been on it. But it's funny because you're not the first person I've heard or read this week that has said Del Hollow is a special place to them. So it it really is, and you know the the fish there. It's it's pretty cool, you know. We got places here in North Alabama where you can catch good smallmouth, and good good largemouth. Lots right. of times, you're either going to fish for one or the other. They're not kind of sharing the same areas, but there, almost everywhere you go, it's like they share the same place. Like one one day in practice, I catch, and they got a weird slot limit on the smallmouth, which is which is good because it's create it creates a a trophy smallmouth lake. Sure. Um, but you can only keep one fish under 16 inches or one fish over 21 inches. Wow. So you only weigh in uh, two smallmouth total. Yes. Wow. If that's what you target. So in a tournament, you're really targeting largemouth for the most part. Right. But in practice, you know, because they share the same areas, man, I can't tell you the number of good quality, chunky smallmouth that I caught that were inside that slot. And I, I had two fish that were right at 20 inches that were just, you know, stud football smallmouth. Really? Like what kind of weight but, are we uh, talking about on a 20-inch uh, ball? 
Well, I didn't catch I didn't catch one like I did last year. Last year I had one that was it was a high five. I can't remember if it's five thirteen or five fourteen, and it wasn't quite twenty one inches. Wow. Now this past trip, I didn't weigh I didn't weigh the biggest one because there were too many boats around. <laughs> I just released it, but right. um, but I know one of the twenty inch fish I caught was four something. Wow. Wow. It just depends on how chunky they are. And, and I think that was a male. Obviously the one I caught last year was a female, but, um, but, and, and matter of fact, that fish, I caught it, brought it in. I took a couple of pictures of it and let it go. And my very next cast, I catch a four pound largemouth. Really? Yeah. Exact same cast. So, you know, I mean, when, when I say they, they mixed, I mean, they really do mix. You know, it's funny because they do that a little bit on Pickwick too, not below the dam. But a little further up, you know, on the on the upper end, or maybe it's the lower end, I guess, way it's coming through the lower end. Um, you know, I've had tournaments there where I've caught a six something smallmouth and then my partner catches a five something largemouth, like back to back cast. We're we're, you know, in in the same spot. So it's interesting how they go. But no, it's let's talk about uh Dale Hollow a little bit because I know you, you had a you know, a okay first day. And I know you, you've set some goals this year to try to do better on day two, and you did that, but just wasn't where you wanted to be, was it? Well, my problem was day one. Um, I got I got in a real bad rotation, you know, and, you know, there again, you know, Guntersville, we had 328 boats. Right. And this one, we had 200, I think it was 288. Well, 288 boats on Del Hollow it makes that place fish pretty small. Right. So uh, when you got to get in a bad rotation, it – makes it tough to kind of correct it because you try to go correct it and there's already boats sitting there kind of a deal. Sure. It turns out one of the best places I have on the lake, I don't think anyone else fished it. And that, and, and that kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't figure that out until the second day. If I, if I'd have realized that the first day, I would have gone there a lot quicker. Uh, I fished it the first day, but I fished it all wrong because of the way the wind was blowing. And I corrected it the second day and three of my keepers that I weighed in on day two came from that spot. But, uh, I just, I wasn't doing the right thing to begin with to finish real well, but what I was doing, I should have been able to finish well enough to get a check. I just didn't make it happen. Sure. Sure. Okay. But it was a good experience, learning experience for you. You're ready to go to Chickamauga, right? Yeah. You know, when you spend several days on one lake like that, you learn a lot. And, and, you know, last year that lake came up eight feet. It was a completely different scenario, but um, last year, like two weeks before, maybe a week before the tournament, I actually went up there and spent a weekend and the water was low then I kind of, kind of developed a pattern or what those fish were doing. they were doing very similar to the same thing when we, when we went there this time. Right. But, but the biggest thing I learned is at these, these fish, how they react to pressure. When we started practice, man, they were an A rig would just kill them just about anywhere you went and you could see them. If you were following them on live sonar, you could see them actually come out of grass really? and chase that thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. There, there's grass, there's millfold that was growing in six to eight feet. And then another kind of grass that grew in 10 to 12. Hmm. And you could be following that a rig coming through there and that 10 to 12 grass. And all of a sudden you see that fireball shoot out of that grass and come chase your a rig. <laughs> That's it was pretty, pretty awesome. cool. That's really, but cool. over time, as, and you can imagine after 208 boats out there on the water for three to four days, you know, 
guys kind of rotating spots, fishing areas and catching one or two and moving on. These fish, after they get caught, they kind of suspend and move off. Right. And uh, I saw that firsthand one of the days of practice. A guy kind of, I was fishing a cove, got a guy kind of came in ahead of me. Um, he stops on a brush pile, fishes it vertically, catches one, uh, weighs it, moves on. Well, when I, when I get, I, I could tell exactly where it was. So when I get up there, I see the brush pile and I'm scanning to figure out where that, where that fish went. That right. fish was suspended out off that brush pile and he didn't like my boat being there either. Huh? I could, I could see him before I, before I got to the brush pile. Right. And when I got to the brush pile, he was even further away. Huh? So, yeah, I, I mean, after you've been, you know, hooked in the mouth and pulled in the boat, you get kind of skittish, I imagine. But <laughs> that's exactly what happened with that fish. And I think that's that's why if you go, I think they've got it on their website now, but if you look at the, you know, the top 10 guys, the baits they were using, they were all, you know, what, we've, what we're seeing now, guys using with this forward-facing live-type sonar, that's kind of become the deal. And I, I think the biggest part of that is – fishing pressure sure these fish are, are they're not on the points they're away from the points they're away from the treetops they're just kind of roaming they're not far away but they're not but they're far enough away you know we've been learned we've learned since we were little you know fish hide and cover well they don't right uh, they do sometimes but not all the time not all the time yeah and that's what these guys are now targeting they're targeting these fish that we never we never realized uh, before what they were doing, but we can see it now with the with the technology that that's that's available. Sure. Well, David and I had a chance to interview Coop Gallant today, your Cherokee uh, Bassmaster Opens winner, and he kind of alluded to that same thing a little bit. You know, using forward facing sonar and using a a, a Demiki rig, right, David? That um, <laughs> that he hasn't used before, and you can hear the interview here in just a few minutes as he's our guest on tonight's show, but. Um, it's interesting the techniques and the different things that you have to employ now to, you know, basically watch them on live sonar and catch them. I mean, it's, it's not like it's a, a normal technique that you've been doing for years. It's a whole new set of techniques. And as you've alluded to as well in the past, it's not something that you're just going to turn on and figure it out right away. I mean, it's, I'm walking through, you know, the Wally world last night, picking up some stuff. Um, we moved this weekend, so picking up a few things. And uh, pass a guy that's talking to his buddy about his forward-facing sonar, walking down the aisle of Walmart, you know, in the in the, in the cereal aisle. So I'm like, well, you know, there you go. You can get your Frosted Flakes, you can get your honeycomb, and you can learn a little more about forward-facing sonar right here in one spot at the old Wally world. So... But um, it's definitely the definitely a big player now. I know I've got mine. I'm ready, waiting for a boat and a motor. I reckon to put that sucker on. I guess I, I might just I might just have to go to the lake and just hold off the dock of the pole, right? And just just look around, get a take my rely on battery, hook hook a, a depth finder, one of my one of my helix up to it, and just stand there and scan the boat docks and, and just you know that's what I should do. So I will tell you this: the coolest thing I saw the whole time I was there. I, I one day in practice, I think it was Monday. I go but way back in the back of a creek and shad everywhere. I mean, my electronics just light up. I, I, I can't even, it doesn't even lock on the bottom anymore. There's so much shad. It's right. locking on the top of the shad. So I, I, I turn around and I went back kind of to a point. I lower my trolling motor. And as soon as I lower my trolling motor and, and my, my live sonar kicks in, 
I see a bait ball and then I see a fish come through the bait ball. No. I see the bait ball scatter. I mean, like plain as day. I like, I wish I was, I wish I'd recorded it so I could show it to you. Right. But it was the coolest thing. Well, of course, <laughs> I mean, by then I was covered up my hooks. I had four bites in that area. Right. But when I went back for the tournament, because I actually went in there day one, I didn't start there, but I went in there. The bait, there was still some bait there, but it wasn't anywhere like it was. And I actually caught some fish in there day two, but it was a completely different scenario. But man, I mean, when you can, when you can see the fish crashing through the bait balls like that, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. dang cool. You know, there was, uh, I'm trying to think who it was. There was a, um, may have been Spencer Suffield. <clears throat> that had a video on social media this week and he was showing uh, a jerk bait with a guy and, and they were videoing it and he, and he, you know, he pointed out the fish, he threw the bait and you could see the bait come through and then you literally see the, the ball go up to where the bait is. And then he hooks up. I mean, it was a pretty cool deal for forward facing sonar. So ready to try it but out I, myself. And I, I will tell you this, it's to me, it's not the fact that it's forward facing. Okay. Because there, there, there are other types of sonar that will get you forward facing. It is the live aspect of it. Right. The fact that you're, you can, you can lock on a target or you, whether it's your bait or the fish and you can actually see it moving live. That, that really is the key to it. It's, it's uh, not, you know, normal sonar is a picture, you know, at that moment, right. whatever you when it scans, it's a picture of that moment. Right. And you either have to wait for it to scan again or you move or whatever. It's the live aspect of this that makes it so special. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we um, look forward to uh, Chickamauga. See how you do there. The elites are there this week. Chickamauga, not Magua. Maga. You sent that video this morning. I'm watching it and I'm thinking this is going to be really, really good. Then he says it and I'm like, no, this was stupid. Why'd I, why'd I, why'd I waste my 48 seconds of my time to do that? David, David, 50 yes, days, 50 days. Are you ready? 50 days away from your new Top Gun. Maverick will be out. I know you're ready for it. You've shared the trailer. <laughs> I got you're you're my social butterfly because you tuned me in to the new car stuff, the new truck stuff, and the new killer movie stuff that's coming out. I know you're ready for it, but you know this week is Masters Week, and you don't care, do you? I don't even know. Like I think you've seen my golf game when we would was it a couple years ago at ICAST at uh, Top Golf. Yeah, I can I can't swing with crap. <laughs> It's still fun though. It's still fun though. But fifty days to the new, uh, the new Top Gun uh, movie. I know you're excited about that. Yeah, it's been what delayed like fifty million times. So knock on wood, hopefully it, it sticks. But you know, it's you know, I was too young probably to have been able to go to the original movie when it first came out in theaters. So um, yeah, so it'll be at least a I don't know. Uh, was, that, was that a dig at us, Chris? I think it was. I, I think it was. I think you was, guys are that much older. I was. I'm just. <laughs> we are, but I, I, I rem, Top Gun. I know we're way off a fishing subject now, but Top Gun <laughs> and um, Days of Thunder, KG. Those were my first two. Of course, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, what else was it that I went to? Probably some Smokey and the Bandit stuff. Um, a few other things, but. 
Top Gun and Days of Thunder was my first real, I guess, your surround sound deal that you hear in a movie theater. You don't think about it till you get in the movie theater. And all of a sudden, you hear the plane coming from the right side, and it comes through your head and goes out to the left, right, in one ear, out the other. And then you're watching Days of Thunder, and you know, and here comes cold trickle around the around, and, and they're racing around the room, right? I mean, it's just some of the coolest stuff. So, it's you know, I love the behind the scenes of that stuff, David. Some of the things that they do and how they do it kind of reminds me of filming a fishing show sometimes, KG, and some of the idiotic, <laughs> stupid shit we do to get a shot, whether it's hanging a GoPro by a twenty pound braid on, in the water for an underwater shot or. Who knows? I mean, we do all it's kinds of called whatever stuff. it takes. That's exactly right. Whatever it takes. So also, too, I got to make a, a real quick comment or a real quick congratulations. My brother and his beautiful wife, Annie, um, have been they have two boys. Uh, my nephew, Cole, is 12, I believe. Cohen, who was adopted, he is seven. And they've been trying like crazy to adopt a uh, another little boy or a little girl. Had a couple that fell through last minute. And, um, well, about nine months ago, Annie announced she was pregnant at 40 years old. So sorry to give you what your, your age away there, AJ, but it is what it is. Colin Anderson, born today, April 5th, 8 pounds, 7 ounces. So she's got a house full of boys, mean old boys. She's already looking at him mean. He already ain't happy he's there, right? But um, so I feel bad for her. I hate it for the other two because they really ain't going to like it when uh, when the screening baby gets home. But uh, congratulations to my brother and his wife, Colin Anderson, new to the world. Buck, I hate it. For, my wife calls him Cash, right? I don't know why because she likes the name because he's a fighter because he fought through adversity and and, you know, was born so she calls him cash i guess i'll call him whatever but my cole my oldest nephew not big on the boat not big on the water he's he gets a little seasick he's not sure about it cohen eh, he's he's cool with it i told her i said cash is gonna be call him cash cash is gonna be in the boat from the minute i mean i'm the cool uncle She's the cool aunt. This is what's going to happen, right? So I, I see a Memphis trip in my in my future here going to see this kid, I'm afraid, so or at least for my wife. But anyway, that's uh, that's coming up. That's, that's a big deal going on there. So congratulations to those guys. And last but not least, if you're not following Maddie Wong on Instagram, your life is not right. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Maddie Wong on Instagram. Are you, I know you're following him, right? Are you following Maddie? You got to follow Maddie uh, Wong on Instagram because one of the coolest cats out there, and he just flat tells you like it is, and he's just so upbeat and happy, right? I mean, he's just Mr. Positivity. So, I mean, what do you think, David? I guess so because what one of his stories earlier this week was what he ran. He had like two flats. Yeah, <laughs> two flats, but he's you going, know, but he's going from Cherokee. Yeah, but he's optimistic, and it's always, you know, aloha, mahalo. I mean, it's all. It's. I mean, he's just so upbeat, right? I mean, he's just. He's just. Just, just a cool kid. So, uh, pretty. You know, if you're not following Maddie Wong on Instagram, you need to do that. His derby updates, what's going on? He's always, uh, always got some stuff going on. So you guys make sure you're following him. And 
And who fell for the Berkeley Power Bait noodling glove? David, did you fall for it? I know you watched the video. I got a little concerned though when I saw it, and, and Fat Cat was part of the you know the uh, field testers. I thought, well, maybe. But then when Cox put it on, and I'm like, no, this is a damn April Fool's joke. Is what this is. So, got to give them props for trying. I mean, it was a pretty good looking video at first. I mean, it was pretty well done. So. I think it'll be more believable, but with, with all that Max set stuff, if they would have said Max set, they probably would have had some people that, that bid on it. So, yeah, that's funny though. Literally bid on it, right? <laughs> well, now I know what that video was. I started watching the video and I turned it off. Why'd you turn it off? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a. Well, the. Uh, the the best part, I can only take so much of Fat Cat, and it's well, about three seconds. Well, so. what's, yeah, I got you. But the best part about it is. They did a full-blown video. They had pros involved. And then their PR firm put out a press release about it. I mean, a full-blown $100, you know, it's going to be on sale in these colors, the whole nine yards. Then you get down to the bottom, and it's a, uh, it's if you've read this, they're not for sale. It's a full joke. And uh, I, did we run it? I think did we? I don't know if we did or not. We might. We didn't run it. No, yeah. we we didn't. But it still it was it was funny. I mean, I you got to give them credit for for playing right for trying. Um, you know, I'm not a big April Fool's guy, but I thought that's <laughs> pretty impressive to me. You know, from I mean, I don't know much, but I thought that was pretty impressive. If you fell for it and you tried to order one, let me know. Exxon Hotline, 901-493-0437. That's the Exxon Hotline brought to you by Trickstep. If you're looking for a great step to get in and out of your boat, you got to check them out, trickstep.com. That is uh, probably one of that's probably the one of the, the best features on our boat, isn't it, KG? Well, you know, I, one of my roommates, I room with two other guys uh, for these uh, Toyota Series tournaments, and one of my roommates uh, does not have one. Right. Actually, they both don't. And one of them was asking me about it before we left. He kind of came up there and was looking at it. And he's like, did you order this with the boat? I said, I did. I said, but I said, you can get your own trick step. And he runs a different kind of boat. I said, they have them for every everything boat out there. I said, he has one built just for your boat, fit just perfect. Yeah. He said, well, I should get one. I said, yeah, you should. Check that out. And I know so it wouldn't surprise me if I show up Chickamauga and he's got him a trick step on the front of his boat. <laughs> How about some rely on batteries? He got some rely on batteries yet? I know we had some issues. Uh, he, he does not, but it was kind of interesting how. Uh, uh, let's just say um, I don't have battery issues, but I've heard of some people <laughs> that did. <laughs> I got to love it. got to check out those rely on lithium batteries. So. I rely on my reliance. That, that's a great way to put it right there. And with that, take a quick little break. When we come back, our buddy Coop Gallant will be Gallant, 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 Gallant. Gallant. Coop. Canadian Coop. The Canadian invasion's coming in. Coop, Coop's going to join us here in just a minute uh, with David and I. It's a pre-recorded interview David and I did, did a little while ago today. So uh, be on, and then we'll be back with more right here on the Angler Channel Insider. 
Hey, Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see. Probably stranded out in the middle of the lake. That's right. You know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason, not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries, and not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay, you talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit relyonbattery.com slash anglerschannel and use our special promo code anglerschannel for 10% off your purchase. Did I mention they also offer fast and free shipping? You didn't, but even better. So hey, what are you waiting for? Get hooked on Rely on Lithium today. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. And it brought to you by our friends at Pro Charging Systems. The future of marine charging is here. Find out more, dualpro.com. David, excited to welcome in our buddy all the way from Canada. Kind of a Canadian invasion, I'm going to call it, going on, right? With the Johnstons and Gussie and now Coop Glant. Coop, the latest winner on the Bassmaster Opens Trail, dude. I mean, that's got to feel good to be to, to be, be a winner there and already qualify for the Classic next year, right? Yeah, it's pretty. First of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, it still hasn't really hit me. It still feels like I'm dreaming. But, uh, yeah, it's incredible. It's been a dream of mine to fish the the Classic for quite some time now. I've been... Like I've been a spectator at the Classic for the last six years or so, and I've dreamt many times about being on that stage and for it to all actually unfold this week and, and come out on top. It's, I'm super thankful. I'm super lucky, and next year's Classic is going to be a blast. I cannot wait. So you can call all your sponsors today and tell them, I cannot work the booth next year. I'm fishing that son of a gun. Don't count on me to be working, right? Yeah, I <laughs> I actually joked with a couple of them. I said, uh, unfortunately, I won't be working the booth next year. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing to be sorry about there at all. Talk to me yeah. a little bit about your path. How long have you been fishing the Opens? When did you come south to, to fish? I mean, where in Canada are you from? So I'm in. I'm from Bowmanville, Ontario. Okay. I, I live on the shores of Lake Ontario. 
Um, I've been fishing the opens. This is my second full year. Last year I did just the northerns, and this year I uh, decided to sign up for every division. So there's nine tournaments down in the states, and yeah, I'm going going all out this year and doing all nine. So how did you finish up in the Northerns last year? I, I remember seeing your name a few times, but where did you end up last year? Um, overall, I ended up in fifth place. David, David, I got David on the Zoom call here, and he's <laughs> holding up five. He's my stats guy. He's got it all down for me, so he, he knows. But uh, And obviously, I'm, I've am i been too busy to even look. But um, So fifth last year, just missed the, the elites, right? I mean, they take three? Yep. Three, yep. Wow, okay, all right. So now you're sitting after this win, you're sitting in seventh in the in overall and the southern so that's uh dude you got a pretty good start this year on this deal yeah i I definitely got a pretty good start and i'm uh i'm excited but i still have lots of work to do we're not even a quarter done the season so but with that being said yes good start just got to make sure to keep it rolling and hopefully do it keep it rolling throughout the entire year all the way up until then Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, Cherokee real quick. Uh, day one, obviously canceled due to wind. I know we saw some videos and stuff uh, blowing like Lake Ontario up there for uh, for a little while on day one. But how was your practice coming into this deal? Practice was, it was pretty good. I ended up dialing out, dialing in some, some good bites out deep. And I started to figure it out a couple days into practice and I started to get excited, but at the same time, I didn't want to get too locked in on that deep deal because I knew, you know, we were around the spawn when last week and they're getting ready to push up. And, and at that time of year where they're, they're constantly moving. So I kept saying to myself, like, I just have to keep an open mind. I don't want to get too locked in on this deep deal because I know how fast these fish can move. So kept an open mind and and it it all ended up working out i was actually surprised we got two days of of really warm weather before the tournament and i thought for sure i was gonna have to switch things up and kind of just fish on the fly and figure it out as i went but day one first thing in the morning i dropped my trolling motor and it was it was actually colder than it was in practice okay and i got a big grin on my face because i knew (laughs) i knew they wouldn't have moved moved around too much and uh it ended up working out. I was a little confused as to why why the water got even colder. That still doesn't make too much sense to me. It, a lot of us guys who fished that open were a little bit confused, but ended up working out. So day one postponed or canceled. Day So the actual day one or day two, rather, eighth place with 17 pounds, eight ounces, uh, just about a pound and a half back, maybe just over a pound, pound and three quarters back off the lead. Um, did that day one not not going out? Did that bother you at all, or, or did that just kind of let everything rust a little bit? No, I'll be honest, it did bug me. <laughs> I woke up that morning, I was so ready to go, and I actually didn't even check my phone. So Bass ends up they end up sending us all text, letting us know it was canceled. I drove all the way to the launch to realize that there was no one at the launch and I was the only one there and I put two and two together and checked my messages and realized it was canceled but uh, I mean Bass at the end of the day Bass did make the right call Um, Cherokee doesn't look like the type of lake that can really get blowing and wavy but it does it can get really nasty out there so 
they made a good call. So what do you do on an off day like that when all of a sudden you're at the ramp, you're by yourself? What do you do on an off day like that? I ended up turning around, went back to uh, to the house there and just set up some more rods, cleaned the boat up a little bit more. And to be honest, I didn't do a whole lot. I just relaxed and just took a day to think over everything, make sure I had everything in line and, and was ready to go for for day one on the on the Friday. Did you think after your practice that you had a shot to win this thing? Um, I mean, no, not really. I mean, I, I thought I had a pretty good shot at having a, an okay tournament for some good points uh, toward the end of the year. Um, I didn't think I was on the winning fish, that's for sure. And even in the tournament, I mean, even after day one, I knew I had a shot to win, but for like if you told me that I was going to win by the end of the end of the tournament, I would have been I would have been pretty shocked. <laughs> so seventeen eight day one, um, eighteen nine day two to take the win uh, with thirty six pounds one ounce total. Talk about day two. What changed or what was different for you? I know it wasn't a, a major jump in weight, just a pound difference. But, um, you know, you obviously it's just two days long, but consistency is the key in, in, in these events, right? So what uh, what did you find and what helped you to upgrade a little bit? Yeah, um, so on day one, I ended up catching, I pretty well had my 17 pounds at around 1230, 1 o'clock, and I – to be honest, I just spent the rest of the day looking and I found a couple areas where I shook some off on day one that I went back to on day two. But I think the biggest thing on day two was I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't like let up on anything. I, I pounded everything. I caught what I could and, um, just, just didn't let up on anything and caught as many fish as I could. How whereas you, on day, whereas on day one, I was kind of, I'd roll up to a school, I maybe there'd be ten down there, and I'd only catch four or five kind of things. I knew I needed to save some fish for day two. Gotcha, gotcha. So utilizing forward facing sonar, I would, I would, I would assume. Yep. Okay. All right, David. So it looks like you, this whole like the Mickey rig thing that everyone's been doing, was that a technique that you? like we're comfortable with going in or what did you just say this is probably what's going to work and I might not be familiar with it and just figure out this pattern and make it work well like was that the approach this week with that or were you pretty comfortable with that Demiki rig setup yeah I've um I've never really done it before um I just I don't know I just something told me to pick it up and in, in, in practice and uh I started catching them on it and I I ended up rolling with it through the whole tournament, but it's definitely something new to me. I'm by far no expert at the Niki rigging. <laughs> I'm I'm still learning a lot about it, but uh, yeah, just something told me in in the in practice to pick it up and and start throwing it around, and it ended up working. And I I stuck with it about eighty percent of the time anyway throughout the event. So seventeen eight on day one <clears throat> around noon, and then you're going to tell yourself, let's just go look for other stuff or let's just go practice. How do you shake fish off on day one 
with, you know, 17 and a half pounds, you know, and, and hope they're there the next day. I mean, how do you, I mean, obviously guys were catching them and, and caught them pretty good. I know I saw a lot of social media posts to guys like, well, I caught 14 pounds. I'm in 50th place or whatever it was. So, I mean, 17 pounds, obviously you felt like that was, that was a good start for you uh, to be able to go out and practice a little bit. Yeah. I figured I was told from some locals that 16 and a half pounds a day would, would be right there to win the thing. So once I caught 17 and change, I knew I didn't have to keep stinging my fish. And it got to the point where I was throwing, you know, three pounders back. And when I started doing that, I'm like, yeah, I need to save these fish for tomorrow. (laughs) I can't be, I can't be sticking them. So I ended up just looking for some new areas for day two with, uh, with no hook. I cut my hook off and just went shaking the rest of the day. Okay. Okay. Um, so 18, nine on day two, did you ever think that you, that you had it won? Anytime on the water, did you think you, you, you had a chance or you had it, you had it won? I didn't. I mean, I, I, I knew the whole day I kept saying to myself, I need one more big bite. I need a four pounder. And then at one point throughout the day, my, my one buddy, he pulled up on me during the tournament and just said, you know, hey Coop, how are you doing? And I'm, I was honest with him. I said I probably have about 18 pounds, and all he says was, "Congrats." And I'm like, <laughs> "What do you mean?" He's like, "You'll probably win." And then, and then I'm like, "No, man, I need one more big bite." And then about 10 minutes after that, I started thinking, trying to do the math, and I'm just like, "Brian New needs this." I'm like, "I have a shot as of right now, but I need to stop thinking about it. I need to try and catch one more big one." Right. Right. Yeah, I'm no good at math, so I never have to worry about having to figure that those numbers out. I just have to wait till the the, the scales go across. But yeah, I was I was asking my co angler to do the math for me. <laughs> <laughs> David, going back to that day one, you mentioned about like not well worrying about burning up all your three pounders and stuff like that. Were you ever at all concerned about like your pattern like changing, or did you feel that the weather and the water conditions were going to be stable enough for you to uh, keep that same pattern going for day two. Sorry, I, I missed that. Are you talking about, was I nervous if they were going to move or not after day one, shaking them off? Yeah. Like, you know, just like that, that what you found was going to uh, hold up at, you know, the pattern and the, the fish. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know, to be honest, um, they're fish, they swim and, like I said, it's that time of year where they're constantly moving. So I didn't know 100%, but the weather was pretty stable. It was a little bit colder on day two. So I figured I figured I would be okay that way. And if not, then I was just going to kind of have to figure something out. But the weather was stable and, and everything worked out perfect. And overcast was a big key for me this week as well. They seemed to really bite good when, when there was cloud cover and when there was a little bit of wind. Okay. Were you, um, <clears throat> I was going to ask a, another question there. Um, so two day long events, had this been a three day event, do you think looking back now that those fish would have held up or you would have had enough stuff to be able to go back and, and catch another 18, 19 pounds on day three? Had you had to go another uh, the day? It's hard to say. Looking back, would I have liked rather it be a one day for sure? I mean, there's nothing better than there's no better feeling than making a top 10 cut and rolling out there with 10 other guys to compete on the final day. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, 
yeah, it's hard to say. I could have went out on day three and zero. Who knows? But I'd like to think I would have went out and caught him, but I guess we'll never know. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? You've got the classic qualification and the trophy right there for the Open to, to prove what you got going on. So that's certainly not a not a bad deal at all. Was there any yeah. – uh, after you got done there, was there any thought about going over to Knoxville and doing a little pre-fishing? Um, after I was done there, I'm actually in Virginia right now practicing for another event. I'm pretty busy the next the next few weeks, three, three, three or four weeks, but – the second I have a little bit of time off, 100%, I'm going to, I got to look into it a little bit more and find out the rules of when I can go free practice and stuff. But the second I can, I'm definitely going to head down there and, and uh, put some hours on the mark and just go look around the lake. That way, when I come back, I have an idea of the layout and just know my way around the lake kind of thing. Sure. We're only, only the second guy, well, third guy, I guess. Now, I guess Christy's back in it, isn't he? Third guy to qualify for an extra classic at this point. So, looking ahead, you're in you're in Virginia right now, getting ready. I'm assuming practicing on the James River, getting ready for next week's tournament there, right? Yep, yep. It starts. I'll be on the water in a couple of days, and it starts in seven or eight days from now. Okay, all right. So back to back, and then after this one, I had to Ross Barnett, and then we have a big break. Yeah, big break, and then you go back up north uh, for looks like for two, and then down to Louisiana, South Carolina, and then Texas. Any of these stand out to you? Any of these that are on your on your radar as far as I'm going to crush them here, or I'm going to do I'm going to do well there? What 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 gets you excited about the remainder of the open schedule? Uh, the two I was probably looking forward to the most at the beginning of the year would have been Oneida Lake. And the James River, just because the James is a very cool place. I fished here last year. I didn't. I didn't do good. Um, I didn't cash a check, but it's a very fun place to fish. It's different. It's tidal. You're. It's. I learn a lot when I'm here, and that's what I enjoy so much about it. It's a. It's a very cool place. So compare the smallmouth at Cherokee to your to the smallmouth you catch at home. Um. They're pretty similar. I mean, smallmouth are smallmouth. Um, I feel like they're not too much different from the smallies back home. The biggest, the, it's weird. Like, I got asked this question another day, and fishing Lake Cherokee is so similar to fishing lakes back home, but at the same time, it's so different. Um, the water levels on Cherokee are constantly moving up and down. Um you know, up 20 feet, down 20 feet throughout the course of a season. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it's very different. A lot of the fish on Cherokee are chasing chasing bait, whereas back home, yes, they're chasing bait, but not nearly as much bait as they have down here. And then, again, it's super similar because they, they relate to rocks and they relate to, to breaks and flats just like they do back home. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, so, I'm assuming the goal here now is Elite Series qualification? That's the goal. Yeah? That's the goal. We still, <laughs> uh, we still have, I still have some work to do. Like I said, we just got the season started. So, still got, still got a bunch of events left ahead of us. So, I just got to... 
as weird as it sounds, I got to kind of forget about this one and I don't want to get too, too ramped up, especially when I'm, I'm practicing. I kind of just have to, you know, stay focused and, and try and try and make it happen throughout the rest of the season and keep the train rolling. Okay. All right. So David, do you want to go ahead, bud? He's got David. Oh, he has to, he has to wave at me over here to ask a question. Sorry. Go ahead, bud. I was going to say, so, you know, you're, you know, you're, you won an event here and obviously, you know, you've got your fellow Canadians and Chris and Corey and Augustia, obviously doing pretty well in the elite series. How well, I mean, how much do you, um, rely or go to them with advice or trying to get advice to, uh, try to make your dream here happen? Sorry, say that again. I can't hear you very good there. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, so, like, guys. No, you're fine. Nope. So, um, like I said, so you you know you got Chris, Corey, and uh, and Gussie, uh, fellow Canadians that have, have do, are doing pretty well on the tour on the Elite Series here. How often or how much do you go to them to get advice uh, with trying to prepare, trying to make this dream of yours happen? Um, as far as they're very good for, they've been good to me. They Chris and Corey and Gussie, they've all been super supportive um, with what I'm doing and everything and they've been pretty awesome that way. And they're, you know, if I ever need something, they're there, I can give them a call 100%. Um, as far as like sharing information and stuff, like as far as locating fish and, and all that, we don't really do a whole lot of that, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're super supportive as far as just being able to talk to them. And if I need something or have questions, they're always, they're always right there, a phone call away. And they're, they're super great that way. Dude, I'm I'm bouncing through your social media, and how old are you, bro? Twenty four. Dude, I mean, you're a baby. You're a baby. So, <laughs> I mean, so let me ask you this because I like I'm, I'm looking at your social media. Are you keeping the beard? Or are you shaving the beard? What's what's up with this? What, what's going to happen? I don't know. With the beard? My buddy Sean McCall, he's been bugging me for the last couple years, and before a tournament, I'll shave, and he's like, "Man, he's like, what are you doing?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like you never catch them when you shave. So he made a little funny poll on Facebook yesterday. Yeah. Cooper, Cooper to shave or not to shave. And everyone's telling me not to shave. So I don't think I'm shaving this week for the well, days or ever. Dude, if, if, if you don't shave, you look 26. If you do shave, looking at that one picture of you, you look, you're 18. I mean, you're, you're yeah. a baby, bro. <laughs> I'm just being honest, but tell yeah. me about, tell me about this YouTube deal you got going on as well. Yeah, we, I do a lot of videos and I enjoy doing it. That's another big passion I have is is filming, fishing, and being behind a camera. That's another dream I have is to have my own my own TV show. But uh, we do a bunch of different videos, multi-species as well. We do a series called The Road Trip, which is basically a series of videos me and my brother Colin create. And we do five episodes per season. And what they are are basically videos just showcasing uh, our adventures and scratching new adventures off the bucket list. So we'll just go to places we've never been before, before and just film the whole journey and try not inspire others to, to travel, do the same, and make their own bucket list. And then also have a series called the Elite Series Chase, which I'm currently doing with the Bassmaster Opens. Right. And that's, that's a series that's just showcasing what it's like to be a tournament angler both on and off the water. That's uh that that's some pretty rad stuff. How big was that sturgeon in your, in your uh, cover photo? 
It was, oh, what was it? 10.6 feet, I believe it was. Wow. Wow. That's a giant. I yeah, bet that. 10.6 10, to the fork of the tail. That's what it was. That wasn't any fun, was it? It wasn't any fun? No, it wasn't any fun, was it? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, did, I didn't reel it in, so it was fun for me watching. <laughs> fun for you watching. So where can folks follow along uh, to find your videos and stuff like that? Who do they need to follow? Uh, so Instagram is coopergalant.fishing, and then YouTube, you can just type in my name, and, and, and all the videos are up there. And like and subscribe if you want. Okay, like and subscribe. David, beer or no beard? What are you calling it? What's your what's your vote on here? I can't grow one, so I said go ahead, keep the beard. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm the same. I'm gonna say keep the beard. <laughs> although I haven't shaved All in five right. days. I'm gonna tell you to keep the beard. So brother, look, yeah. congratulations on the win. Congratulations on qualifying for the classic. Uh Pretty excited to follow your journey this year. I, I'm excited to, uh, we always love to watch new young up-and-comers come along and uh, excited for your win. Excited to see how you do on the remainder of the Opens. And, um, dude, we're, you got two new fans over here. We're pulling for you this year. So, Thanks, guys. I appreciate it big time. And thank you guys for for having me on. I had a, had a boss talking to you guys today. And appreciate it big time. means now, a lot. Now, look, David does a rookie podcast you know, each year or each week. So give him an excuse to call you back this fall. Okay. For the, for the elites. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, brother. Take care. Thanks again so much. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks guys. See Have you a good too. one. You too. Yeah. There, there he is. Coop Gallant, your winner from Cherokee. Cool kid, Canadian. And, um, you know why, you know why Chris and Corey and Gussie want to be an elite. They just want to take his money. All they want to do is, right? They, they just want to take his lunch money. They want to bully him, get his lunch money, and, and go from there. But looking at his video and stuff like that, he's got some cool stuff going on here, it looks like. So, uh, you guys, make sure you follow him along, Cooper Gallant, uh, on Facebook, Instagram. And, um, yeah, dude, I'm looking at you. Coop, if you're still listening, I'm watching your video. Don't shave. Just you look like you're 12. I'm sorry. You literally look like you're 12 years old. So, don't don't shave. Keep that deal. So, uh David, good kid. Yes. We'll see how he, he's still got what season's still young. So I know he, he's still got a lot to go because I think he got one more event left on the Southern Opens, but then he's starting up the Northern and Central. So, yeah. Yeah. Northern or the uh, Southerners won't end until October on Hartwell. But uh, looking at his schedule right now, you've got a Northern on James. Then uh, a week off, and then you've got Central on Ross Barnett, which I hate to tell him that's going to be a fun one. Then he's got a little time off, then head back to Oneida, and then uh, Upper Chesapeake. Then back down to Red River, which that could be interesting as well in September. Hartwell in October, and then Rayburn in uh, October as well. So, uh, like it always is, it's spread out, and we'll have to wait and see how this goes throughout the course of the year for these guys. But excited to meet Coop and excited to follow his journey along this year. Guys, hang on tight. We're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, a voice you haven't heard in a while is going to come back and join the show. Tell us a little bit about Redcrest and a few other things going on with him. And um, who knows what else we get into right here on the Anglers Channel Insider Podcast.
feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue. And a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, IsoChill. Honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. <laughs> I think I always tie one on. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. So we're brought to you by our friend at Sportsman's Warehouse, your fishing and outdoor store. Check out a store near you or at sportsmans.com. You can find all this gear we talk about and more. I sound like a, one of your commercials there, KG. But uh, excited. Welcome back, our buddy, Mr. Jason Durant. It's been a little while, man. How you been? Oh, it's been super good, super good. Just living life here in Tennessee. Just had a know? birthday. How old are you now? Uh, forty-seven. <laughs> you start, you start forgetting after you, you yeah. know, just quit counting. So I, I thought I was forty-six the last year. Turns out I just turned forty-six. So it's kind of, <laughs> kind of funny how that works, isn't it? So, but I, we on last week's show we made a little comment about Red Crest, and you know, obviously. They had a, a good event. They finally got to have an event in a location that they picked a while ago, or however you want to call it. And apparently the expo happened. So I didn't get to go. My wife's surprising with a birthday cruise. So it was like Boyd or my wife in a bikini. I'm going with my wife in a bikini. I'm sorry. I'm just going to take that. Boyd, yeah. I still don't like you, but that's just the way it is. So. Talk to us about, I asked, I asked guys, if you went to the Red Crest, let me know. If you went to Red Crest and the Classic, let me know. When you've been to both, didn't even think about, you know, you guys being there. But, um, of course, with uh, with Phoenix and everything you do, I, of course, you would be there. So, tell me about uh, Red Crest and your thoughts and kind of the overall, what you were expecting and how it all went down for you. You know, I don't know if a lot of guys compared it this way, but, you know, we went to FLW tour way back in the day, sure. you know, when the cup, the cup, the cup, how we call it. And, you know, you stand in the aisles there and you walk the aisles and it was pretty easy to get around. You could talk to people as long as you wanted to talk to them. And, you know, even time at times pros were all standing in the aisles talking to each other. So, you know, the attendance at those events was, I mean, we'll say lackluster at times. Um, well, the the cups were always, at least in my opinion, even, even being a vendor there, 
you know, or having a booth in the past. It's like the classic they came to buy, and at the cups they came for the giveaways, right? Yeah. So I was going there. I was okay. going there. Sorry. Um, so at this event, it you know we we do talk a lot about and we've. I mean, I've been here for a long time, but we've hounded a long time about how ML, is MLF growing the sport? You know, so if you take this event from a cup event and I went in with the expectation that it was going to be cup level okay. or less. Right. So when I step into the event, the room they chose, y'all, you guys have been there. It was where we did media day when we were in Oklahoma, that big, that lower level. Right. Yeah. But we were at the upper level, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a massive, I don't want to call it a barn, but it's a massive, you know, arena. It's a a big metal building. That's what it is. That has, that has no center columns. So, I mean, it's massive. Sure. And, you know, so everybody was in the upper section of that. And when I walked in the first day, when we were still setting up, I look around and I was like, okay, a lot of people did show up. Um, Now, I don't feel like some teams brought their A team to it. Some vendors didn't bring their A team to it. Okay. Um, You know, because I was walking around looking for guys that I know um, that normally represent a product. And, you know, I didn't see the regular guys there, you know. I mean, Copley was there from Strike King. He brought the A-team, you know, so you look around and he had the massive booth that, you know, they're going to have from a while now. So, I mean, they were they were really, really well represented. But as I sit in a boat and, you know, we're advertising, we had six boats there and, you know, we're sitting and talking to, to people coming up and looking. There was that crowd that was bag in hand trick-or-treating is what I call it, you know, just kind of walking around. Hey, do you have a free hat? Hey, do you have a free buff or got a keychain? You know, I got this, I got that. But there was a group of anglers walking around. And I mean, one comment even was, Hey, I got an aluminum boat, just started fishing and want to see what my options are to upgrade. I'm not doing it today, but I want to see if I like fishing. And if I were to upgrade, tell me about this boat. You know, so I saw that a few times and then you had guys that dads that had just got their kids into high school fishing and, you know, they were out looking for a boat, you know, so I, I felt that people, it was their normal crowd. It was the crowd that they're reaching. Um, Are they reaching a new crowd? I mean, I I will say, yeah, I will say, yeah, they're reaching a new crowd, you know, a, a different group of people. Um, than they have and then maybe bass would have now the friday show was it was pretty small you know i mean but everybody's at work you know it's not like alabama where everybody doesn't work you know so i think everybody works out there some of us work just not many of us right well i'm just saying like when you go to the alabama show on friday it's slammed it's full yeah Yeah. because you're like where are all these where all these people work you know but saturday show was pretty pretty well attended way, way, way more attended than an FLW event on a Saturday. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. I, I don't know numbers. I didn't look at the numbers MLF released. I'm just coming into this for my own opinion. Um, and the Sunday, you know, it was kind of that after church crowd came around um, and it was well attended. Now the weigh in or the, you know, whatever you want to call it, the angler talk back moment, you know, and the raising the trophy, um, it was well attended. Now there's no way it was a classic arena. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't set up to be that, you right. know, it was still it's in the not, showroom. It, yeah. It's not a classic. So it's not, but I feel like, um, they had 
a spectacular finish to the event. Love you know, it. I saw, saw our, saw our buddy Joe behind the stage, you know, as the trophy's getting ready to be lifted, you know, I was back there shooting photos and at, for one, it was cool for me to come as a, a sponsor this time and step into the media role just for a minute because our guy's about to raise the trophy, you know? So I'm back there with Joe talking and Joe's like, how about that finish? It was kind of slow, wasn't it? And I mean, the whole arena, when Bobby caught that fish and weighed it the first time, it was like, Oh, well, no. I've, I've seen some video with that. <clears throat> and I will say that some of the video I saw with the guys sitting around on the tables, you know, watching that, watching the screen, I guess it was where all the live stuff was going on as well. Yeah. Um, and I've seen some, some, you know, some video of that and it looked pretty cool. I mean, it looked like it was, you know, a, you know, a live event and, and it was, you're seeing what's happening and you heard that moaning and groaning and then everybody going crazy. So what I'm curious of is, you know, Grand's not right down the road from Tulsa. No, it wasn't. And I think originally, you know, we look at the setup for it. They had two helipads set up in the layout. Okay. And I don't think they got clearance to use those helicopters to get the anglers back from gotcha. the, the lake. Okay. I'm just, I mean, speculating here yeah. because they had a police escort come bring them back from the lake, you know, and they said, when they said on the stage, they were doing over a hundred miles an hour to get them back from the lake. So there wasn't a big gap. They, they did it well. They had a concert in between each day Okay. from the time it ended to the time, you know, the anglers show up. Um, you know, so, I mean, it, it was well attended from that perspective too. On I, Saturday and sun, Sunday's attendance at the weigh-in was obviously the biggest. Right. You know, I was, everybody's I was wanting to see curious, the trophy lifted. Just curious how much you lost from when the timer ran out at three o'clock or whatever it was to when they finally got back to lift the trophy. Yeah, so. The show kind of, you know, the show went on till seven o'clock at night and that's because the stage was open till seven o'clock at night. Right. So, and it was because it was in the same room. So I felt that the show lasted a little longer than it should have, but we're open as, Hey, if you're, down here at the stage and you still want to walk check booths, you can do that too. So I get why they did it, but it was a long show. I mean, long days, classic, you know, always clears out about three o'clock, four o'clock and guys are headed to the weigh-in. Right. You know, so we had to go till seven o'clock and the weigh-in's going on at the same time in the same room. So, I mean, from a sponsor perspective, you know, I think that the guys around there would say, yeah, I mean, we kept people in the room, you know, to watch it. So. Okay. I mean, it was well, I think it was really well attended. It was more than attended than an FLW expo. Okay. I'll say that, All right. you know, so right. I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed the week. I saw a lot of different people. I did see people, you know, the classic was in Fort Worth last year. So I saw people that did come up from Fort Worth okay. and came to this event. So people did travel. Uh, we were in the hotel not too far from the expo and people were checking into the hotel specifically coming to that event so i was surprised at that even you know i I really went in with really low expectations and uh, came away with a pretty good you know feeling for it i think they could not have planned a better finish okay i think that you know was was a good thing and am i wrong they're going back there next year is that is that what's (laughs) david i don't know i've not heard that yeah, I've not. Heard yeah, that. I, I I don't know if they're going back there. And I hear people say that, you know. So, kind of heard that buzz maybe a little bit here and there. But 
I, I would love for them to come to an Alabama or to a Birmingham or a Greenville and not so much knock off a classic, but let's let's see what kind of representation we get, you know, well, from a from a Birmingham or from a Greenville yeah. or from a Maybe a, a, a Red River, a Shreveport. You know, we had, we used to go to, we go to Shreveport all the time for bass, and, and we hadn't been in a long time. Well, um, I, I don't know. So. You know this, Chris, and I mean, all y'all know this. Um, to me, the FLW side of it was, man, this is going to sound weird, but was always more welcoming at times. Sure. You know, they dock access was always easy with FLW, you know. Because nobody where, was there. We were the only, you know, we, we were the only ones that were there working. I mean, I hate to say that, well, we really were. So, you know, you're right, you're right. But they, but you know, Joe was always, and I just give Joe another prop. You know, he was always making sure we had everything we needed. Absolutely. You know, so Absolutely. and he even walked around at the show at times, and you know, was making sure everybody was good. And you know, the whole FLW, old FLW team, you'll call it. You know, you saw those faces walking the show. You know, and working. So I. I mean, I think it was a very successful event. Miss David. I mean, I know David had the option to go and just sat at home. You know, I was he, looking for him the whole show. He was babysitting. So <laughs> yeah, I go. Well, I could have, but it'd have been a tough. Now, I, I actually wanted to check it out because I went to the, I guess you, the quote unquote first Red Crest that yeah wasn't really whatever. So to see this full blown, I really, I really was tempted to go. Just. Logistically, uh, with the wife being in uh, Hawaii, that wasn't going to work. So, <laughs> go ahead, Ken. Sorry. You know, I, I, I'll say this: I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare it to the classic. But unfortunately, some of the, some of the words or the way they marketed this thing and the, the, yeah. some of the things they throw out, they, they themselves, it's like they're trying to compare it to the classic, and I, I think that's a mistake uh, on well, their part. And they it called needs, it. It needs to be their own thing and let it be what it's going to be. On the sign out front, they said the world's largest outdoor show. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, they they blow it up too big. We just let's just let it be the, you know, let's let it be what it is and not make it spectacular, you know, abundance of fun. You know, I mean, it's just like it, blow it up, blow it up. Use let big it name words itself the over the course yeah, of the next few yeah, years. Yeah, what you need to do right. I mean, yeah. it's. It, it, I don't know, I, but but that a lot of that too though is the old FIW mentality as well. They tried to blow yeah. the cup up, and outside of a cool ass trophy, it really wasn't. I mean, it just. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But well, I, I will tell you this: if you really, I mean, if you really go back to the history of the cup, I mean, they, you know, they they started out in a tent. Yep, they did. So they they at least understood, you know, in the beginning they did they wouldn't have many people there, so they put everybody in ten, and it made it look like it was a lot of people. Sure, and they kind and, of grew, grew from that, right? And I, I told Joe, you know, they chose the right venue for this. They didn't choose a venue too big for this. You right. know, it 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 felt full. I mean, there's obviously they did some research and said, you know what, let's not make us classic aisles you know it wasn't as wide as a classic aisle so the aisles felt full um i mean they did they did it right on that side of it how many uh in the elite series pros there working didn't see any okay all right just uh just curious there was an event that weekend was there but it it was kind of weird to see all those guys again though i will admit that you know as you walk around the guys that you know, we used to interview every classic, and you look and like, 
gosh, that guy got old. Like, you know, in, in just that amount of time, it was like, man, he, he looks older now. What What is that? Who is that? You I, know, so. I want to say I made that comment a few podcasts back in KG that I, that I kind of <laughs> forgot about a few guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, my algorithm changes on social media. And I'm like, oh, crap. I forgot yeah. about you. What have you been doing? <laughs> and you ain't done nothing. So, but I mean, I don't, you know, not that I've done anything, but I mean, it's just, you're right. Guys look a little bit. They look older. Yeah. Cause we ain't seen yeah. them. So, but I think I heard a lot of the uh, pro circuit guys were there. So it, it was kind of an oppor- opportunity for those guys to, you know, work for their sponsors and, mm-hmm. and take advantage of that. One thing I would, I thought was going to happen and I understand why they didn't, you know, the way they broke up the brackets and the days they fished, I felt like they were going to send guys who are off the water. I felt like they were going to send them to the expo on their off day. Right. I was just assuming that that's what they were going to do. I was like, man, that would be perfect. Cause then you would have a booth crowded of on Saturday, you know, and on Friday, cause the tournament started before the expo actually started. Right. So you had guys already out. Um, and then you had guys not fishing that day. And I was like, man, that's going to be cool. That's, that was a smart idea. But then they said, you know what? You can't come to the expo and until you're out, out. Because I was so like, did they have live. like live coverage going in the expo? Yeah, the big so live coverage. Seen that. Yeah. And then, you know, they even did the thing, which every aisle had a TV in it. So like you could watch the expo just walking down the aisle. And then of course, at the end of the arena was a big jumbotron. So you could see it down there as well. It was pumped all the way. The speakers pumped it all the way through, you know, so I mean, they, they did some good stuff. Well, I'll go ahead and point them. out the obvious right now is the fact that they split the guys up and they fish split days is stupid anyway, but just saying. Yeah. I, it's come on. I, come didn't on like, it's I didn't like that from the perspective of, you know, Michael Neal's on him, and then you're going to tell him he's got to take a break. Right. I mean, his fish could totally change. It's not like it was 288 of them out there. I mean, no, no, no. And I'm, I'm saying they did good with the expo. Okay. <laughs> well, no, and, and, and that's what we wanted to know. We did. I mean, yeah. we all have our opinions on, on the tournament. Yeah. Which, the know, the tournament's not. totally a different thing. And I do like, I do like how it ended. I mean, it was weird to know that when he walked across the stage, he had already won. Well, that's, but but when you see him come into the arena and his family's all around him and, you know, it was pretty cool for that moment, you know, just, I, you know, to me, and, and I know Joe's listening because I he, he listens, <laughs> Joe. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Hey, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> all right. All right. Go to camera too, Joe. Okay. <laughs> Love you. Thank the world of you. Um, How was it? I mean, because I know they interview what top three, top five. How, how many they interview? I think it was the top five because I didn't make it down there until I felt like it was going to be a little closer to sure the end. You know, I could so, hear it all being talked about. So how did that? I mean, it's one thing to pull into an arena, show off some fish, right? I mean, that's the ooh and the ah, and everybody's like, oh my god, um, you know. So how was that? Was it awkward? at all no it was from the perspective of um hey let's watch your recap video for the day okay. kind of like bass does when they're walking out but they were like hey let's watch your recap video today and you kind of break down what happened here and then they play that moment of him catching that fish and you kind of get to see it again for the sure. first time sure and it's kind of like 
wow, you know the ending now. So they did a good build up to it. Um, and then he, you know, brother comes out, wife comes out, kids come out, everybody kind of comes out on the stage and, you know, gets a big hug and, and then he turns and pops the confetti and the trophy goes to the top, you know? So could they, with 10 minutes to go, could they not turn off score tracker? But, it defeats they the purpose. Could. They it could, defeats the but, purpose of what they do. I get it, but for this one event, could they not turn off? You, you got what ten guys, dude, the, David? The drama right? was guys? so raw, though. The drama was so raw when he caught that fish. Now, I, I don't yeah, mean I turn you, off live. Just turn off score tracker, so nobody knows what happens. Right? I mean, we know Bobby catches one. Does it? Don't know the weight. Okay, is that, that won't always be the case, though. Dude, I know. I mean, I know it, because he caught that fish late. It would have worked. That snare would have worked this time. The next time, Jacob Wheeler may be winning by fifteen pounds, and it won't matter anyway. No, you're right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're exactly right. No, you're you're yeah. And it. I mean, I'm telling you, it was a big buildup. Like the whole arena. I was down at the end of the arena that moment. I was actually standing next to next to Skeet and a couple other people were around and it was like, come on. Like you heard them almost cheering for like, come on. They come know on. what's going to happen, but they're still cheering for it. Yeah. Come on. Right. And then like he weighs it. Oh, and then he's like, weighs it again. And it's like, yes. And like the arena, I mean, it's like he just lifted the trophy then. I mean, that's how loud it was. Sure. So, I mean, it, you had that moment. It was cool. I mean, I, I give them props. I'm glad it was Bobby. Yeah, me but too. That's why I'm, I yeah. agree. I yeah. agree. And, and I give them props for doing that. I give them props for not handing the trophy on the boat or on a yeah, flatbed yeah, semi yeah. or anything at the lake. I give them props for doing the expo. And and like I said, I'm not comparing it to bass by any stretch of the means. I just yeah. wanted to know how it went. I did follow along uh, on my wife's Wi-Fi wi-fi uh thing on the cruise I, I did follow along i did see where bobby won i got the notifications and i put it on her phone i'm sorry i didn't I wanted to see it but i mean <laughs> so i mean i followed along with it right because i'm a fan followed along i saw how i saw some of that but i didn't see some of the video stuff till i got back yeah. and i mean it, it i mean it looks like they did a great job with it so i hate i missed it i will plan to be there next year um or david or Kenneth or one of us will be. I'd like to go. I really would. I'd like to see it. We always love the cups, right? But we all agreed the cups and the classic were two different shows. They're not the same. They're not the same. And obviously the Red Crest is not going to be the same as either one of those two either. So and that's great. If they're making it. It doesn't have to be to be successful. It doesn't. No, you're exactly Mm -hmm. right. You're exactly right. I will say this. If you came to the expo, you noticed one thing. That's where the um, Oklahoma State Fair is held. Yes. And they had the best fair food of any event. Oh, well, my God, they should. That's all they do. Rodeos, dirt <laughs> so, track racing, and, and, and the fair. Funnel, funnel cakes. On point. Fort Long corn, corn dogs. Fried cheese. I mean, it was on. I mean, you didn't like, and that's the thing. So I did see this, another point. Like you saw whole families there sitting down to eat at the event. Like there's tables around, like they sat down. I'm like, dude, they came out for the day and they really did. So families in town just said, hey, let's go see what's going on over here. And they went, bought food and sat down and ate and 
everybody's carrying around a bag because they were selling stuff at the show. Striking even had sure. a vendor at the show that was selling stuff for them. So hopefully it grows. I, I mean, you'd want it. You want it to. You do. Go ahead, David. Hey, before I say, oh. be, be, before you start, did you notice David's hat, Mr. Flatbill? I was at Flatbill. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll get you one, Jason, because you, you can wear it like David. I, can't. I like I like a Flatbill. What has it got English Channel on it? What is it? Yeah, English it's Channel blacked out. I can't see. really see it. Still got, still got the sticker on it, dude. Look at there. That's see? why I can't see it. OG right there. OG. <laughs> yeah. hook, so. hook me up. I like a good Flatbill. I'll see what I can do. I know what guy. I don't, so. I don't curve my Phoenix <laughs> well, hats. I don't just anymore. I, I, I bought seven and sent them all to David. That's all I could do. I mean, it, I mean it took <laughs> David, seven months to get, get them, but address. I had to I had to do what I had to do. So anyway, sorry. Sorry, David, go ahead. That means this. So my question to you, Jason, is not Jason, the guy who works at Phoenix, but Jason, the, the bass fishing fan. If you were to make this 10, I think it's a 10, 12 hour drive from Tennessee to Tulsa, would it have been worth your, did you get, would you have gotten your bank for the buck? I guess if you were to go as, cause there's no way in. So you're just going there for this expo. Would you have said that? Would do you, yeah. Would you have gotten your bank for the buck? Making that trek there, or would you have to like, you know what, man, I could all gallon gas. Yeah, that's about to say. I don't know that I've ever attended a classic outside of Birmingham two years as a just regular spectator. So I would have. Would I have driven three hours to see it? Probably because I knew it was a new thing. You know, I would not have attended Sunday. I probably would have gone Saturday like everybody else. Um, and I would have rested on sa- Sunday. But, I mean, would I have driven the hours that I drove because I did drive there? No. Um, would I have attended this event if it was in Birmingham and I live where I live now? Yeah. I would have gone down there to see what's going on. Sure. Because for one, I, you know, it's all the old guys that we know, you know. And I did call them old guys again. All the old, literally old guys that sure. we know. Right. So, you know, to walk the expo with those guys again, you never, you don't ever get to see them anywhere else. They couldn't come to the classic. Right. right. Can I give one more, one more thing? Did you notice at the classic how those guys weren't there? Oh, yeah. There were a couple that showed that up on few. Sunday, yep. but did you notice that um, this is a plug for bass? I guess nobody missed them. Did you show those guys, see the guys that are all getting autographs this year and nobody missed them? So have we, have we made the true divide and everybody's doing their own thing now? If we quit fighting with each other and arguing about it, yes. But, you know, let's, let's let everybody do their own thing and let's go. You know, I got a, I got a message um, a few weeks ago. I'm trying to find it um, from, a, from a listener who said, uh, he said, gosh, you were right. When the split happened a few years back, you said, give it time and there will be new stars born and you will get to know and love the new young anglers that yep. are in bass. Bass is the 100 emoji so much better than MLF. I don't know that it's so much better. They've each got their own stars now. They've each got their own their own mm-hmm. people and their own characters and their own things that are going on. So, And it, I think it's feathering the distance between them more. Sure. It, it truly, they are different more than they are alike now. Yeah. Well, the, really, the only issue is when they when they try to look like they're competing with the other. If they truly yeah. just do their own thing, then then no one really yeah. cares. 
it's it's when they you know it's when they try to go beyond that right to try to yeah. prove that you know they're legitimate or whatever it's it's not necessary just not give needed. it give it time you know give yep. it time if you're doing what you think you should be doing just do it move on yeah i don't need you to clarify what you're doing and how good it really is you know right. you know just it, prove it it's funny because uh, a lot of those a lot of those time hops are great thing right because it goes through all your Facebook memories, your Instagram memories, Twitter, your photo galleries, and your phone and everything. So a lot of those popped up, a lot of those first ever social media posts that were made from that group, you know, on the money won from this group and the world rankings into yeah. this group. And I'm like, dude, they ain't fished a, a, a single tournament of yours yet. So, but it's, but it, it is nice to see. I mean, they each hold their own place. Um, and, uh, you know, I have lightened up a little bit on them, so not that anybody cares, but I have lightened up just a little bit, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's, it, it is good. I hate I missed the event. Um, but you know, like I said, Boyd or my wife, I'm taking my, my wife. So sorry, Joe. Um, <clears throat> but you know, Joe completely understood. He agreed. He said the same thing. He said, I'd do that too. So, um, but, uh, but no, we appreciate the insight on that. We really do. I know you, you're seeing a whole different side of things now. Um, yeah, yeah. Than, than what you have in the past, so it, it's good on, on on both fronts. So it's uh, it's definitely good to hear. So, um, but uh, everybody got their fancy fishing line lines in for uh, this week. KG, you no. pickums, your you pickums are due too, buddy. Just FYI, yeah, I know. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, and I'm Dave, trying to get back to reality slowly. Yeah, I know that's killing you. <laughs> I mean, did. KG loses razor too. I mean, I, I lost yeah. mine. You lost yours. Yeah, KG's like everybody's lost, lost the razor yeah. here. What's the deal? I, We're the old guys too, by the way. Yeah, I've got a dermatologist appointment tomorrow, so I guess I better shave before I go, <laughs> just so they can look me over again. So it's um, always fun trying to, you know, get uh, you know get down to get your, rid of your sea legs. Get, yeah, get down to your to your boxers in, in front of some you know strange blonde just to have her look you all over i'm like can we not do this in the summer when i've lost a little more weight and got a little more tan going on lady you know this is not not a good look for me right now right and yes it's cold in here david if anybody's asking so but uh we'll get to the you pickums here in just a minute did anybody see the boat um the boat coming loose in the truck video i shared over on english channel the other uh, yesterday i believe or on monday kg did you see that one it just goes to show a guy going on the interstate lost his boat. Oh, I did see that. The trailer comes loose, and uh, the boat passes him on the interstate, gets off in the median, and then the tongue finally digs in and it shoots the boat, you know, across the deal. Oh. That and one other former Elite Series pro, Kevin Short, he drove 175 miles round trip to a tournament and did not have the the hitch latched on his on his hitch and i saw that too and you two know and david you probably do from being around me a little bit but you two know i'll i'll back up to the to the trailer y'all watch me and y'all will lower it down but that's as far as you go i don't let you do anything else and it's it all comes into a routine kg i know you know this it all comes into a routine i don't use that stupid little pin deal that jason puts on the trailers to, to go through i use a lock why because i know it's locked it's not coming out nothing's going to happen to it there right and yes i have to turn the ignition off because it's a bolt it's got it's it's got my my ignition key in it 
but I know it's locked. And then I walk around it to make sure everything's good. Don't I, boys? Locks are on the doors. Yes, everything's good. I'm not pulling a boat anymore. I'm pulling a, a big enclosed trailer. But when I stop at a gas station, it's the same thing. I'm kicking tires. I'm taking a hitch. I'm making sure everything's good to go. Because the stress that these things go through down going down the road is a lot. And we don't know what's going to happen or what happens on the road. So I just, gosh, that was kind of a weird deal. So if you're a... Um, I don't, I don't care if you've been doing this for 10 years, 30 years, or two months. Develop a pattern, develop a plan, and stick with it every time you hook up. And when in question, stop and check it out. Double check it and make sure you're good. And then uh, then get back on the um, get back on the road and just be safe doing it. Um, David, what else have I missed this week? Give me some insider information. Do you have any? Do you know any? He's going to the website right uh, now. No, it's pretty. It was pretty slow because I normally I'm the one who puts <laughs> most of that nobody stuff. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. What do you say? I don't do anything, David. Thanks a lot for that. You got more important stuff to do. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. But uh, how about Johnson Outdoors named a most trusted consumer goods company in America? So congratulations, to those guys. Worth my yeah. There it is. How about that? I do. I still have sound effects. So, you know, thing sexy. Wow. sexy, something sexy. like that. And, um, <laughs> KG, I, I want to get on the life jacket thing again, but you know what? I'm tired of it. I'm really tired of it. I'm tired that we're still seeing this shit. I mean, I saw a video the other day and I won't name names because he is a pro, a video the other day of a kid running a tiller handle, uh, aluminum boat, a kid sitting on his knees. Oh run gosh. a tiller handle boat, like not idling, but running, right? The pro filming him. Not a damn mm. life jacket in sight. I mean, come on. The kid's seven or eight years old. Maybe maybe nine. But what what does that do for him down the road? I mean, put the damn life jacket on. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I give up. I, I just give up. Either you're going to wear your life jacket or you don't. I don't care. I, I, I give up. I'm just wear them. I, I don't know what else to tell you. So, sorry, KG. I'm right there with you, man. I mean, I see it all the time. I, and, you know, I, tournament anglers especially, the fact that you have to wear it during a tournament and then you don't wear it during practice, I don't I don't understand that. It makes zero it's, sense to me. You know, you're, you're obviously – you're used to wearing it because you wear it on tournament days. Why can't you just keep wearing it all the other days? It's, it's, it's like a damn seatbelt. You you got you put it on when you get in your car. Why don't you put your life jacket on when you, when you sit in the seat of the boat? Why? Why? Uh, you know you you run a convertible down the road. You're still wearing a seatbelt. I mean, why are you why are you not doing? I mean, you just I I don't know. But the amount of you know, especially this time of year with floods, water rising, trash in the water, things you can hit, things you can tear up, things that can tear you up. And yet, we're just not going to wear them. We don't care. We'll lay them in the floor. They're going, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm done. If, either you wear your life jacket or you don't, uh, I give up. I really do. Uh, one last thing, David, and then we'll get into the um, the, the you pick them real quick. Uh, fully loaded, tobacco-free chew. They put out a release this week. I believe it's on the AC Insider as well. Thanking folks for uh, the recent stories on how fully loaded chew has helped them quit their journey. 
or help them in their quit journey. Excuse me. The FDA is on a mission to eliminate vape companies and e-cigarette manufacturers who have intentionally skirted the laws and provide products to underage consumers. Unfortunately, those laws, they're not designed to affect Fully Loaded, but they do as they're currently written. So Fully Loaded is asking for your help by successfully navigating these regulatory changes and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Continue on your journey to quit tobacco. Continue to share your stories on Fully Loaded's uh, social media pages and how they benefited you and your family and continue to share your products with their friends and family. Help people quit tobacco. Hashtag save a lip. Jason, you, you used a little uh, Fully Loaded. Wasn't too bad. Was it not, not too, too bad. bad. It's good, good stuff. stuff. Yeah, good. not too bad. Good. I know our boys at ABT like it, and I've heard from a lot of other folks that, um, that really enjoy it as well. So if you're looking for a... Uh, Looking for an alternative to tobacco or to smoking? Check out Fully Loaded Tobacco-Free Chew at FullyLoadedChew.com. All right, David, let's do a little you pick them real quick while we're here. Sure. So first one up was the Toyota Series event on Dale Hollow that our KG was at. And what a lovely name. The guy who won it was Jack Daniel Williams with a 64-10-pound-ounce winning – I'm sorry, 10-ounce winning weight. Where's Jack Daniel Williams from? Is he from Lynchburg, Tennessee? Gotta be, right? Gotta be. Kingsport, Tennessee. He's close enough. Close enough. Close, close enough. enough. <laughs> he, he's close enough. So The creek runs through there anyway. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. So I'm pretty sure he's got a still somewhere in them mountains or in a holler somewhere around Del Hollow, I would imagine. So, all right. So Jack Daniel Williams, 6410. Our buddy Mike Cross, 6407, grabs the points. Ed LaFontaine at 63-12 was second, and I grabbed the you pick em points because David just you and me played. So uh, 58-12 <laughs> on that one. So I'll take my point and run on uh, on that one. So, all right, how about the open, David? All right, so if you were sleeping under a rock and didn't listen to the interview earlier in this show, uh, Coop Gallant, or sorry, Coop Gallant, I got y'all messed up. It's just Coop, right? It's just Coop. 36-1. 36-1 took the win there. 36-1, and uh, I can't even – you know, everybody thought it was going to be a three-day event, so we all went high. Everybody. One person did not go high, and that was David John. What? <laughs> yep. That was you. That was you. 36 even. David grabs the uh, David one ounce one ounce. Wow. David grabs the points there. Not only did he well grab done, the, not only did he grab the points right, he grabs the only points because nobody we couldn't even put a second place on this one. You know, so David grabs two. I'm not giving you all three points, damn it! But I'm giving Please you. Sweet. I'm gonna give you two. So <laughs> I'm gonna give you two, which that's gonna move you up in the old standings. There, I'm afraid you're probably like in second place in the overall. <laughs> but uh, so David gets two points for that one. So congratulations to you, David. So all right, how about Cedar Creek? And then we're doing doing Saturday on Cedar Creek, not not Sunday. I know they had two yep. days there. So so the team that won there was the team of Mark and John Maben. They had twenty five eleven. For the winning weight. 25-11 for the winning weight. Mike Cross again with uh, with the winner, 24-82. Wow. Brian Pritchett was second with 24-52. And David still has another point at 21-31. So, nice job there, David. And Mike. Mike's got four points this week. That puts him in the tie for the lead uh, with everybody else, it seems like. so. And David, I'm sure here somewhere, will gain like 12 points and win <laughs> 
everything <laughs> there is to win in this deal, but what do I know? So, all right. How about uh, Table Rock? All right. So, Table Rock, those two days, but we're looking at the Saturday wait there. And Justin Garner, he won that event with 2113. That was the Saturday wait? Saturday wait. Okay. Then I've got to go back and reevaluate that because I had. I had the that Sunday was the second, way. right? I had the Sunday weight, apparently. Yeah, it was. I had the 1901 that was weighed on Sunday. I looked at the wrong date. Steve Schaefer won that one with 19. Even Al Perry was second, 1808. So, what'd you say? One at 21, what? 2113. 2113. I'll have to go back and, and evaluate that. I'm sure it's going to benefit you in some way, shape, or form, David. <laughs> so, all right. How about the Big Bass Tour down on Lake Eufala or Eufala or whatever you want to call it? Eufala? Is that how we do it? Is that how we say it, Kenneth? Eufawa, like Chickamauga? Eufawa? Uh, no. No, it's Eufawa. That's how it is. Eufawa. So, all right, David, what we got? All right. So, this guy waited, I believe, on Saturday during the 10 to 11 o'clock hour, but he went at 897. That was David Pear, again, with the 897 to take the overall Big Bass and the Big Bass Tour. David Pear, ABT 100. I was going to say, David isn't he the ABT guy? Yeah. 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 And did you know Mayor Jack Tibbs from Eufaula? One yep. little money down there as well. So I think his biggest issue was about twenty six. But if you follow through Friday, I think he I think he cashed like three checks on Friday, a couple on Saturday. He made some money. Old Jack. He's, he got his money back. Mayor yeah. Tibbs <laughs> winning some money down there for that one for sure. Henry Engler, eight seventy two for the win in that one. Brian Pritchett with an 863 was second, and David with a 732 because my dumb ass went high thinking they'd catch a t- one over 10. They did not. It's too late. So, my bad. But uh, so there you go. So, scores will be updated on the website here shortly. If anyone's counting at home, me and KG, Michelle, and JD were all losing. David's winning. So, we'll just go from there. It's Masters Week. We talked about this earlier. Jason, you watch the Masters at all? You care about it at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiger I watched says, the women. I watched the women play the other day. Yeah, that, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard not to watch women play. That's for sure. <laughs> um, Tiger is supposed to be playing. We any predictions on yeah. uh, on on Tiger doing well this week? That fake leg. I'm not so sure. <laughs> the fake leg. I love it. I love it. So Kenneth, did you learn anything this week? Uh, I mean, not. I- I did. We've talked about some of it already. I, okay. All right. I can't. Nothing else is jumping out at me. Right jumping out at you. I got you. All right, David. How about you? Um. Someone's got good Powerball numbers. Shooting my way. Oh, okay. You ready for you ready for a little lottery win? There is that what you is that what you're looking for? I don't know. I was you know doing some online shopping, just uh, trying to piece my tundra together and stuff like that. And it's like. I need a a know. sugar mama is what you need, or or, uh, or a lottery uh, one. Uh, <laughs> uh, easy now. I, I need to sleep on my own bed. I, I mean, I, I don't want to be kicked to a couch or somewhere else. So, no sugar mama's here. <laughs> that's that's good stuff. My wife listens to this podcast once. In a while. Oh, I'm sorry. Once in a while, maybe, oh. maybe she won't listen to this episode. We're we're an hour and we're an hour and a half in. Maybe she'll quit by now. So maybe she'll quit by now. But Jason, how about you? Did you learn anything this week? You come to me. Mm. 
I'm learning every day. It's not the you bush know, light breakdown, but it's close. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I learn every day. Nothing that stands out there. Well, I've learned. I mean, I mean, I, I guess I learned that I made it to 47. You know, there you go. Surprisingly, you learn enough to get to 47. There you go. Yeah. Well, I have learned moving sucks, but we have had we had a garage sale this past weekend, and I have learned that even though even though everything is out of the driveway, the garage door is shut. And it's 12 o'clock. The sale can still go on. We had three people ringing the doorbell wanting to know <laughs> if this was the moving sale. And I had to tell them, it's done. And I and I did learn that you can be pissed off when you walk up somebody's driveway at 1030 or 11 o'clock in the morning and go, where is everything? Well, honey, we've been open since six. We've sold a lot of yeah. stuff. But where is everything? Well, I've sold it. Well, why? So I did not know you were coming. I apologize, you know. And then she asked me a dollar for a cap or a whatever. That was a rookie mistake on their part. It, it really was. So it really was. But uh, I also learned that you can make a make a lot of money in a garage sale, and then you can go to an estate sale about two miles away, and you can spend a little bit of money on a fifty year old couch and a fifty year old chair. And it'd be the Shoot. best damn thing since sliced bread. Let me tell you something. They're heavy as sin, but I'm going to tell you what. We got a little hobo action going on downstairs or bo <laughs> boho, boho action going on in the new it's living room. And it's the best, it's the best $60 we've spent on a chair and a, and a couch in forever. I'm just going to be honest with you. So the best money we've spent. The, the animals love it. And I'm digging my, I'm digging my, my, my 50s chair. It's, it's, I, I'll take a picture of it. Like, it's trailer worthy, KG. Like, I told my wife the other night, I said, when this, that fabric, might get you in trouble. When this fabric wears out, we're getting this thing reupholstered because it's <laughs> it's right. I mean, it is right. So, the dogs love it. It's got them big, wide, like, the, the arms are like six inches wide. I mean, it's 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 it's, yeah. it's right. It's it, it's good stuff there. So, if I had room in the trailer, he'd go in the trailer. That's for sure. So, not the double wide, but the, yeah. Anyway, so JD, good to have you back, bud. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for your insights Enjoy on it. Red Crest. Miss you guys. So, um, if you got any comments or anything on this show, you can always chime in the X Zone Hotline brought to you by Trickstep 901 493 We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, make sure you check us out online and subscribe, rate, and review via your favorite podcast app as well. David, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for joining in, Flat Bill and all. Are, do you have snow again? I saw where it was snowing up there at one point this week. Yep, and it's all gone. Okay. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see if it's it's still April. It could possibly come in May, but yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, we know it's April. It's, what, 72 here today, KG, and going to be 32, I think, this weekend, or 42 this yeah. weekend. So, going to yeah. be a little bit chilly. So, just when you think the weather's getting right, here comes an ABT tournament. <laughs> Welcome to Alabama Bass Trail. Welcome to the Alabama, that's for sure. So, KG, thanks for your time tonight, bud. Glad to have you back. I know you don't want to be here, but uh, we appreciate you being back no, in, in reality. No, be, being here is fine. I, I do miss the lake, but uh, Chickamauga will come around, and it, it'll be all right again. It'll all work out. So, Well, with that said, on behalf of our guest tonight, Mr. <clears throat> Coop Gallant, or Gallant, 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 Coop. Where'd he go, Coop? We got Coop, on the, uh, Coop with us tonight. The AC Sorry, Circus. Coop. I'm, yeah, thanks, Coop. For the AC Circus, I'm Chris Brown. Guys, have a great week and weekend. As always, God bless. Good fishing. 
you know, if you're going to wear the life jacket, wear it. If not, I don't even care anymore. I, I, I can't. I'm, I'm trying to advocate for it. I'm trying to be an advocate. I, it, it just, I don't care. So have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. KG. Don't take it personal. Please. Thanks for listening to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Brought to you by Under Armour Fish, Costa Sunglasses, Pro Charging Systems, X-Zone Lures, and Trickstep. Visit anglerschannel.com, your number one bass fishing tournament resource.